Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop, and we are missionaries at Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, and even leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. So we're just coming off a great experience uh, together, working with several parishes, and we've had some moments with them, uh, helping them work through some disunity, some some challenging conversations. You can call them family moments, if you will. And we think that um, talking about these and talking about how these teams are working through those things will be really helpful for you and your team, as you probably are experiencing more or less some of similar challenges as you guys seek to go from being just a staff to a team, hopefully a family. But with that, Rick, will you open us in prayer, brother? I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we especially pray to you today for unity. For unity as more than staffs, more than even teams, but unity as missional families. That we know that we're aligned and we're together because you've called us to be so. And that we know the mission you've put us on. And we ask, especially today, as we share some thoughts And as we as leaders reflect on where we are as individuals, as members of a team, a missional family, and then as we are as a unit to come together, whether it's to lead a diocese, to lead a parish, to lead a school, to lead a family, that we do become one in you and that we are unified. And where we aren't, Lord, help us to know that, to see that, to be able to address that in a charitable way so that we can come together and glorify you, not only in what we do, but in how we do it. And we pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, Nick, you mentioned that we've had some really good experiences lately, and really even over the last several months, but a few over the last few weeks um, that, that, that we're going to highlight today in our podcast. And we ask that as leaders are out there looking at their own teams, looking in their own situation, just asking to think about moments, and it might be right now that you know your team is not united. Something's just not clicking. You're not together. It could be, it could be holding resentment against the leader or against a certain teammate, or you're aware of some bad blood between a couple of teammates or you've got some history that you just can't shake. There's just something gnawing on you that you just, you're dwelling on that and it prevents you from moving forward. And you're not really talking about those issues. You're trying to work around them. Or you know that there's one team member that's especially broken. And yet, you know the team cannot be as healthy with them in that broken state. And yet, as a team, you're unwilling to go there, and normally it's for good reason. You, you, you don't want to, you know, cause more harm for that person. You care about that person. But, but by not going there or not sharing or not opening up, the team is stuck. And so what we want to do right now is anchor this whole episode in Scripture because it's from the Scriptures that 
everything we're about to walk through flows, right? Jesus doesn't want any of us to stay in our sickness or brokenness. He wants to heal us. We all know that, but it's good to remember it. And so we want to share a few scriptures here to kind of set the um, set, set the context. And so James 5, 9 and James 5, 16, I'm going to read these to you. We'd encourage you to look at all of James 5. It's got some, got some great uh, insight for this particular situation. So James 5, 9 says, Do not grumble, brethren, against one another, that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the doors. So this, this idea of not grumbling against one another um, is, is, uh, is what we want to stress right here. And then also same thing with James 5, 16. James 5, 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. So it's to really think about that. Confessing our sins to one another, owning where we are, right? Praying for one another for our healing. And then J- James telling us the prayer of a righteous man has great power in its, in its effects. And we need that great power for our teams. So if, as you're listening, you might want to hit pause right now. You may want to take that to prayer. You know, if, if any of it resonated in the beginning of this, if you're in a situation, either you personally or you see some of your teammates or you're the leader and you, you know this is going on, you might want to just pause right now and take that to prayer. Or And or further, you might want to think of this one. So let me read from 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, 3 to 5. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. We want you to pause. I want you to think about that in your situation. If your team is struggling like this, take that to prayer. And then Matthew 18, 21 and 22, something very familiar to all of us, and yet something that is always fresh and always challenging. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. So right here, again, in in light of what you might be going through on your team, the call isn't to stop forgiving. The call isn't to uh, wallow or stay stuck. The call is to even again, even anew, to forgive and to go deeper. And so like Rick's saying, pause. If, if you're feeling prompted right now, pause. Chew on scripture. That's the most, impo- that's the most powerful part of this whole episode. And yet we will uh, continue here to just to talk about some fresh examples that we've just recently seen. And we want to talk about the examples and honor the people who lead teams, the people who are teammates on these teams, specifically in any team, that are willing to wade into the tough waters that, that's what separates an average team from a good team and really a great team is the people who are willing to go press into this works. So here's a couple examples. So we're working with um, 
a, it's a, it's a team now and they're getting closer to family. And what they called it is their family moment. So as you picture, it's a pastor and it's his team together and they're starting to do some strategic planning. And, and early in the discussions, they just recognized, as a matter of fact, it was because we were reviewing some material and I had mentioned that, hey, your, your team is only going to be as healthy as the members on the team. So if you have someone who's really broken, that team's only going to go so far. So the person who is feeling most broken and most challenged to her credit and praise God, she said, I can't go forward. And she said, it hit me so hard that I can't go forward with this because I've been harboring something for six years. And, and so now this team that is trying to move on, do some strategic planning, talk about getting healthier. Well, she brought up, hey, I'm hanging on some things. And so they're, they're, they call it their family moment, turned into a, a big discussion over dinner. And then another member who happened to be very close to that one shared also some concerns. And she said, I dropped an emotional bomb on the team. And we were nervous because we weren't sure how this was going to go. We didn't know even what was going on. So Nick and I knew that there was something going on with this, with this group. They were, they were t- talking at dinner after dinner. The next day we find out a little bit more. But then they did a, a, a something good, it, it, another thing good. They, they, they were bringing it up. They were having the family discussion that they needed. Then they asked for us to step in and just kind of help them and help them kind of talk through where they were. And, and as I mentioned, we thought they were they may even break up and it might really go. It could have gone either way. It could have gotten even worse. To, and, and yet the beauty of it, and I won't belabor the example, but the point was that they brought it up. They had this family discussion. They asked for some assistance. We help facilitate them to talk through this. The pastor himself recognized that he can't just let this go. He had to be vulnerable, and he was. He opened up his concern. He opened up his own brokenness. And we got them from a place with the Holy Spirit. It was in prayer. Lord, where do you want to go with this? And they went from being stuck, potentially stuck, to now getting on the road to healing and becoming stronger. Yeah, I can, I can honestly say, just remember that example, Rick. Uh, it's a great example. A team to go from where they were opening to where they were closing in just a few days is simply spectacular. I mean, it's it, like you said, it's, it's a credit to the power of God and the Spirit operating through people's willingness to say, I love these teammates of mine enough to go at it. I love everybody here enough to really share and be vulnerable and to take that risk and the reward was unbelievable joy, unbelievable joy leaving. Smiles, people just so eager to be on mission together. Um, and so it's not to it's not to paint some sort of like touchy feely thing. It's to genuinely say that this every single one of us deals with stuff, and they're, they're they were able to work through it and find breakthrough. There's another example. And Nick, I, let me add to that one too. And so when we use the, the family metaphor, if you will, we know there are dysfunctional families in the world. So we're not talking about broken, broken families. And yet even the best families have their issues. So it is more of a healthy family model that I may be annoyed by my brother. I may be annoyed by my sister. And I may not agree with how my sister behaves or says certain things. And yet I love her. And I want only what's best for her. And I want what's best for the family. And that's what they demonstrated. And they pulled through to your point. So praise God that that happened. Yeah, amen. Amen. 
So another example, uh, we were working with another pastor and his team. And from one session with them to the next, there was a big shift in the who was on that team. And so when we were at one point in the journey, stressing in this particular session, the need to be vulnerable, to build trust, uh, to really share uh, a part of yourself so as to grow in love, in relationship. Um, so you help you just understand each, understand each other's lives better. And there was one person on this team that just could not go there. They, they even had, which this is actually impressive. They even had the capacity to acknowledge, like, you're asking us to do something that I know is important. I just can't get there right now. And through, through a series of circumstances, that person was no longer on the team. And the team, the next session, was able to really grow stronger because then everybody was willing to be vulnerable. Everybody was willing to grow in relationship. And so there's this, there's a, sometimes you have a concept called like um, addition by subtraction, you know, and it's not this, this person's dignity, you know, value before God, a, a love, we love this brother or sister in the Lord, but they just weren't able to, to handle the necessary vulnerability to be a part of the team and to go from being a team to a family on mission. And so anyway, another example of teammate not willing to do something, there's a shift in the team makeup and the team ends up much stronger because of it. And what I like about that example is once it was clear that this is what we expect out of this group to be more than a staff, to be even more than a team, but to embrace this concept of a missional family. Once that was very clear and that this is what the pastor said, this is what I really expect out of this group, that individual self-selected and said, I'm going through a lot of things myself. I'm not ready to be as vulnerable as what is needed to truly become more than a staff, more than even a team. And so that was the beauty of that is that they recognize, ah, I see where you're going. You're going to be a family on mission. It takes vulnerability. The expectation is that I'm going to open up because I expect others to open up. And that person said, I'm just going through things in my life. I'm not ready to go there. And, and so it was no hard feelings at all. They just recognize, ah, this is the expectation. And all the others that are there now, including a new person, they get it, they're bought into it, and now they're working on it. And they're building that familial trust. And let me, let me add another example there. Um, another one, we had a, a very, very simply, one of the pastors we were working with recognized that my challenge is pride. And so for him to say, I have to have the answers normally. I have to be in control. I, I have this challenge of pride. Please pray with me. So it showed tremendous humility and self-awareness that this pastor said, for me to be able to be healthy, for us to be able to be healthy, I've got to manage my pride. And then in one diocese, um, we were doing a presbyteral retreat. And to be clear, we do these often all around the country. And thousands of priests have been on retreat with us. We've been really blessed to just walk with uh, a number of priests around the country. And it's not, it's not uncommon for there to be uh, some division. Uh, priests can get, you know, rough with one another at times, feeling divided, this group against that group, this mindset against that mindset. You know, it's, it's us against the bishop, all kinds of, you know, potential for division. Um, and, and, and not unlike you would expect in a family. But in this one pres presbyterate, after uh, the bulk of the retreat, there came, there came this point of acknowledging division, acknowledging the struggles, acknowledging the challenges they were all having, and, 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 and a general desire to see this 
gone, to like just have the vision be gone and unity come in, to see God move in a new way. And there's one one priest in particular got up and, and just said something to the effect of, um, you know, I always thought, I always pointed my finger and said, they're, they're, they're the reason for the division. You know, they're those guys or these guys, or that's why there's division in our presbyterate. And as we've been going through this retreat, I come to realize I've been an agent of division in our diocese. And to see him publicly share that, acknowledge that, own that, uh, repent like that before all of his brothers and, and his bishop, it was tremendous to see the outpouring of love and healing and opportunity for um, new life to spring forth. And so in this example, it's, it's, it's even sometimes we're not aware of what's going on in our own hearts, our own lives, our own behaviors. When we have the opportunity to stay open, like, Lord, I'm open. And then he moves in a way that brings us to a new awareness of a problem or a behavior we've had to have the humility to say, oh my goodness, it's me. I'm a part of the problem. And to be sure we all are. So to have the humility to say that, acknowledge it and help my team, my presbyterate, the, the group I'm a part of to grow. That is, that's, that's beautiful. That's tremendous. Um, and so there's, here's another one of a, in a larger group context, someone being willing to have, have humility and uh, press into trying to heal uh, all the relationships that, that are fractured. Nick, let me throw one more example. And it's a real example of relatively recently. So we were leading a session uh, with, with a pastor and his team, relatively new team. And, uh, and this, this actually, one of the team members was, was a deacon. And, and there was obvious body language in the discussions where this person kept looking at his laptop and, and just w was not engaged in the conversations. And as we try to facilitate and engage others, it was clear that he was really uh, reluctant to even participate. There was something going on. So during the break, I asked the pastor, hey, what's going on with Deacon? And he said, yeah, he's just, there's, he's got some issues. He's got some concerns. And so I tried to encourage you know, the, the pastor in this case has talked to him, talked to him, you know, uh, we need him to open up, you know, we got to, you, you, you know, we can't manage a secret, you know, one of our favorite sayings, you've got to be able to, to get it out there. And he just wasn't willing to go there. Uh, and in one, one of the other breaks, and I approached uh, the deacon and just asked, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? And he shared with me some, some very personal issues he had with the pastor. You know, he had concerns that he said, we need to work through some things before I feel comfortable participating. Well, this is an example, unlike the other one where the, where the person, the team member recognized, yeah, I'm not ready for this. This one didn't realize this. He did not want to come off the team. And in, in working with the pastor, the pastor did the right thing and sat with him and said, listen, Deacon, this is the expectation to be on this leadership team. And, and you know you're not there. I know you're not there. Yes, we still need to work out our issues, and we're going to do that but you're not going to do it as a member of this team. I can't have behaviors like this be on this team. So at times it takes that leader then to have that, that whether you call it a parental father-son discussion or if it's a sibling-sibling discussion, it's like you, you just got to, the, the truth is the truth. You do it charitably. You do it with love. You don't give up on the guy. You don't get personal with him or the woman. And, and, and you make the move that needs to happen. And now the team benefits tremendously. I had a call with him the other day. He was just so happy that the team now is gelling. So none of them wanted to press into the situation, but they all saw it. They knew it had to be dealt with. 
and he was reluctant to do it as well, and yet he did it. So those are examples. We could go on forever, but these were just a handful relatively recently that we wanted to use building upon the scripture and then also now reflecting on, on what made these examples so beautiful. And some of it we already mentioned in giving the example. But let's just, let's just kind of remind and maybe kind of re reflect on the examples we just gave in light of the scripture. Why were these examples beautiful in our view? So one key in all of these, these, these examples is, is becoming aware of the situation. We, get often, we often get asked, like, how do we do certain things in, in, in ministry and in building teams? And, and, and the how it really comes down to when, we're, when we become aware of something, we address it. In, in fact, that when you were sharing there at the end, Rick, I, I had this uh, that last example. I had this silly image come to mind of we're all standing in a group. It's, it's representative of the team, whatever team that is. And like there's a bug crawling on someone's face. This might be really silly, but imagine like a bug crawling across someone's face, how distracting that would be. And if they didn't know it, you would feel bad. But imagine everybody just ignoring that bug, always crawling across their face. It's like it would it would drive you nuts and you wouldn't and you'd be like, we can't keep talking. We have to get that bug off your face. In the same way, that's what we do all the time on teams. You know, whether it's me, I just become aware of something I have going on and I'm not sharing it. I'm not willing to address it. Or as the leader or a peer on the team, you're you're aware, even like, I think there's something going on here. And we don't say anything and we don't bring it into the light. And like the Lord's always saying, bring it into the light so I can deal with it. And so the, the awareness of the wounds, the brokenness, the challenges, the tensions, the conflicts on the on your team, in you. And one, one of the best ways to do that is just to say, Lord, I, I feel something going on here. Show me what the wound is. Show me what the problem is, whether it's in you or in the team. And from that place, then being able to have a conversation so that the team can address it together so they can grow together. And in every single example, we just shared the risk became worth the great freedom and joy after the recovery. It was the teams were always better than before. That's a such a great point that we know we feel like this pain is not going to be worth it. And, you know, I, I, I'm afraid to use the word never, but I'm not so sure I've ever seen it where the pain wasn't worth it. You know, so anyway, I think that's a great, great point on that. The other the other thing why I believe these uh, these examples are, are, are really uh, beautiful and helpful is this recognition that even in my affliction, I owe it to this team to comfort them, to recognize their wounds. The Lord wants to comfort me, and yet he expects that I also comfort them. The fact that you can't deal with it if it's kept in secret. You know, it's, it's another part of these examples is that somebody brought it up. Either the person themselves, they, listen, I'm wounded right now. I, I just got to, I don't know where to go with this, but I'm going to, I'm going to speak up. Or it's a leader that says, hey, I want you to know I'm struggling with pride. I, I need to have the answers. Or if someone says, hey, I know I've been irritating you all. And here's why it might be happening. So you can't keep it a secret. They brought it up. And then, then the other part I think these examples highlight is they didn't get stuck in the problem. Once it's brought up, once you have that courage to share it or that courage to address it, that courage to point it out, you don't they didn't wallow in the problem. They may ask someone for help, like they asked us to come facilitate a conversation. They might conduct some healing ministry with each other. You know, they recognize the problem didn't start in one event or one day. 
and it won't be resolved totally in one event or one day. So this this uh, 90-10 principle that we talked about in our last podcast, that 10% of their time is focused on the issues, the problems, the brokenness, what's not working. But then they get through and focus the vast majority on their time now on how do we get healthier? We're on the road. We know there's going to be work to be done. And we're going to dedicate 90% of our time and effort to healing versus wallowing and getting stuck in the problem. It's not to ignore the problem. I think the last thing I want to share in my mind about this, like what makes it so beautiful is in every single situation, at least I've been in and most of the time I've been in with others. When you press past that moment that you've been avoiding or would rather just not address or even whether it's you or on the team, when you go into that moment, there will be this like place where you feel like you're just in free fall. Like I don't, I don't see clearly how to get out of this conversation. Uh, it's almost, it's almost inevitable. I don't know what's going to happen next. And it can feel scary, can feel risky, can feel very uncomfortable, can play on your own insecurities. Even if it wasn't, you weren't the issue at first, there can be all kinds of stuff that comes at us. And, and, and Satan in those moments wants to just steal it all away and say that you can't recover. You can't get out of this. There's no, there's no way forward, but God always has a way out always does. And so when you do it, and we're encouraging you to really do it, Press into the teams, getting stronger, getting better. When you do it, God is with you and you will make it through. And to hang in the balance, just hang there, stay in the awkward, stay in the uncomfortable, continue to have conversations, own even the, I oh, mean, I'm struggling at this conversation. I want to keep having it, but I'm struggling. Owning those kinds of things is going to give your team breakthrough moments. And we just, so we just want to encourage you as the leaders, as teammates, have healthy conflict, have difficult conversations and hang in there when it's its hardest moment because it's from there comes those that that great light shining forth that's going to make everything better. Love it. Right on. Right on, Nick. Love that. Okay. So let's get to the mission challenge. So the mission challenge begins. It's multifaceted. We do this on occasion. Multifaceted. But the first step is acceptance. We're asking and we're challenging you to accept the Lord's comfort in your afflictions. So in your brokenness, your wounds, your quirks, accept the Lord's comfort in your afflictions and comfort others in theirs. All right, so what are your afflictions? Pray about it. Really understand, where are you broken? And we, we, this is a repeating theme. It's look self first. Ask yourself in prayer, am I an agent of healing? Am I an agent of comfort, unity? Or, as in the example that Nick shared, am I an agent of division? Okay, reflect. And then, next part of this is get it out. Share it. One of our friends that we work with said, inside out and outside in. So the people that keep it in, let it out. And then some of us who have everything outside, some of it you need to bring in. But in this case, it's get it out and share it. Maybe you share it with a friend first. You share it with your spouse first. You've got to get it out to those that are impacted by it. And those are your teammates, you know, your missional family. Might be the leader, might be a one-on-one, -on -one, but you need to get it out. And then press into the healing, press into wholeness. Ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness, give forgiveness. And then as we mentioned, what was beautiful about those examples, then move forward. 
Commit to a never-ending journey of improving health, improving unity, even in the midst of affliction. So I know there's a lot there. So let me go through it quickly again. First, accept the Lord's comfort in your afflictions and comfort others in theirs. Pray about what are your afflictions. Where are you broken? Ask, am I an agent of healing, of comfort, of unity? Or am I an agent of division? And get it out. Share it. Share it with those that you love and trust. It needs to come to the team. To be a family on mission, you need to bring these things forward. Press into the healing. Press into wholeness. Ask for forgiveness. Give forgiveness. And then move forward. This is never-ending. It's just like your physical health. It's never-ending. Okay. let's. We want to pray for you, uh, listeners. So let's pray for you right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we just ask you to send the Holy Spirit through your son Jesus in power right now to fill every leader out there, every teammate out there with strength and courage, with humility and kindness and patience. Help them to receive your comfort, Holy Spirit, in their their wounds, their afflictions, their challenges, their worries and anxieties. Holy Spirit, come. Come and minister wisdom and wise counsel. And give everybody hope for a path out of whatever situation they might find themselves in. We pray also, Holy Spirit, that you're just going to bless teams abundantly by putting forth the effort to seek wholeness and healing and forgiveness for their teams so that the mission of every diocese, parish, school, family would just thrive. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Nick. All right. That's it for episode 12. Go and be an agent of unity.